Thank you for downloading the One Church Podsmead podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. To find out more about life at One Church, visit us online at thisisonechurch.com. I want to talk to you about acceptance precedes change. Acceptance precedes change. In other words, acceptance comes before change. Now, this is a little unusual because in our society, uh, that we, we think differently. For example, I put my car in for its MOT and I crossed my fingers, I crossed everything as I was waiting for the results. And they said, Mr. Jarvis, you have failed your MOT. I'm like, oh, no. Right. Am I thinking, oh, this guy wants to start a relationship with me. I'm going to be friends and we're going to go to the pub together. No, the only thing I'm thinking about is what you're thinking. How much is this going to cost me? Right, what I'm thinking is this. I failed the MOT. What do I have to do in order to pass the MOT? In other words, in order to be accepted, what do I have to change? In order to pass this test, what do I have to change? And they say, your brakes, the car, your wife, like your family. <laughs> you need to, like, like <laughs> they give a list and you're like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. But you know, you have to change before you're accepted in the MOT test. Yeah, you understand where I'm coming from. They, 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 they also, um, if you go for a job and you have an interview and you don't pass the interview, you can ask the question, like, say, can you help me? What, did, what could I do better in order to get that job? Yeah? Have you ever done that before? You know what I'm talking about? What do I need to improve in in order to get the job that I applied for? And they say, well, basically, if you were a different person and (laughs) you... And they give you a list of things. Oh, I didn't stand a chance in the first place. Or they give you a few things. You think, oh, I can make some adjustments there that will help me get the job. In other words... What do I have to change in order to be accepted in in the job? That's quite normal for us. Uh, Everything uh, means, everything in life, we have to work towards a place. I would like a car. I would like a a sofa. I would like a whole load of things. Uh, you think, what criteria do I have to measure up to in order to receive the goods that I want? Mm-hmm. I remember when I was at school, my mum used to knit me my jumpers. <laughs> she would knit me my jumpers. Right. Now, right now, in this stage of my life, I'd love it if my mum knit me a jumper. <laughs> right. But when I was 13... <laughs> This was a big issue (laughs) because everybody else had all the cool jumpers and I had my mum's knitted jumper. And of course, at the start of the year, it was designed for me to grow into. 
So the sleeves always were uh, had to be rolled up because if they were down, they were below my fingers, and they were always a bit longer. I had to roll it up, and I looked like a I was wearing my big brother's jumper. And over the course of the year, I'd fill fill it out, right? But people used to my mates used to take the Mickey out of me, like because they were all wearing at the time was Pringle. Everybody's wearing Pringle, and uh, like they were wearing all these cool stuff, and I'm turning up in my mum's knitted jumper, like. <laughs> And I, so sad. Look, there's some people young enough in the room to know how I feel right now. There's a few people going, oh, I like knitted jumpers. <laughs> I've got to that stage in my life now as well. I do like knitted jumpers, right? But I didn't feel I fitted in. And I kept going home, Mum, Mum, can I have a Pringle jumper? Can I have a Fred Perry T-shirt? Because I want to fit in in with everybody else. In other words, I didn't feel I was accepted unless I changed or conformed to what everybody was uh, involved in. I think you understand where I'm coming from, right? Have this need to change in order to feel that you're accepted. Let me take you to the Bible. In the Bible, in Luke chapter 19, verse 1, and I'm going to read this from the message version, says this, then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name was Zacchaeus, the head taxman and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cosy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there, a little stunned. He stammered apologetically, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and if, if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Jesus said, Today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. As I was saying, this thought of having to change to be accepted can have an impact on us in church I don't quite fit everybody seems to be here and I'm round about here all my best efforts gets me about there but everybody else seems to be there Certainly back in biblical times, the Pharisees set a religious code. And they said, you're not good enough unless you're achieving this. And everybody looked at that and they thought, I just can't do that. I can't live at that level. And the Pharisees walked around saying, we do. We live at that level. And if you don't live at that level, then you don't fit and you're not in our gang. And the church gave this impression that you have to live at this level in order to be accepted. 
And they propagated that because that made them look good and they prided themselves on their coach. Jesus turned that message upside down. His message was, you are accepted before you change. Acceptance precedes change. This is still common in a pattern of a church today. I hear these words. When I sort my life out, then I'll become a follower of Christ. I've heard that so many times. When I sort my finances out, then I'll start giving. When I sort my relationship out, then I'll be a proper Christian. But this becomes a never-ending list. You will never make the grade. There's nothing that you can do that will actually get to a standard that God says that's acceptable. And there lies the conundrum. God recognises this. And he says in the Bible, in Romans 3.23, he says this, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has sinned. Now, when you all don't make the mark, you start measuring yourself up against everybody else. And you start saying things like, at least I'm not as bad as him. I know I don't make the mark, but at least I'm better off than her. Right? You know, well, you know, Adolf Hitler, he doesn't make the mark, does he? Well, at least I'm better off than Adolf Hitler. Right? And then we start looking at other people and we go, well, at least I'm better off than them. There's an African saying that says, when the water starts to run dry, the animals all start looking at each other. When you know you don't make the mark, and every one of us know we don't make the mark, what happens is we go, well, at least I'm better than Liam. Well, James. Well, maybe just James. Well, actually, Anna. Oh, no, Anna's like Jesus, isn't she? Oh, like, and then we go, oh, uh, Ali. Oh, she's amazing. Like, uh, uh, and you start, oh, where do I fit? I fit, oh, where, where do I? Bob. Uh, me and Bob, we're going to be all right. Like that. Uh, uh, oh, no. And then you, you start, where do I fit in a pecking order of acceptance? And this is alien. This is so far from the truth of what the Bible is all about. It is the world we live in, listen carefully, it's the world we live in, but it's not the truth. And I want to speak some truth over us all today because I think the truth will set us free. Like, just because you don't fit and you think others are better than you, the Bible clearly says all don't fit. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our best efforts mean we're not good enough. But God recognises this. And God doesn't ask you to change in order to be accepted. Now I'm going to explain that, but listen to what I say. God doesn't ask you to change in order to be accepted. If you want to be accepted, you don't have to change before you're accepted. It reminds me uh, 
uh, someone was quite hurtful about our church a few years ago. And they looked at me and came up to me and said, the problem with this church is it doesn't care. And walked out of the church, pushed the door, yeah. And they said it to hurt me. And it's true, it hurt me. Because I did care. You see, if it was the truth, I'd have just gone, yeah, whatever. But because I did care. And it hurt. It really did hurt that they said that because it was exactly the opposite. And I mulled out on this and I really thought about this for a while. And I realised it's true. We are a church that doesn't care. And I started to tell everybody, we're a church that doesn't care. And they're like, really? Yeah, we're a church that doesn't care. We don't care where you come from. We don't care what your postcode is. We don't care what your background or your history has been. We don't care about your gender. We don't care about your past. Because we choose to accept you for who you are. If we're really going to be true followers of Christ, acceptance precedes, comes before, change. Let's look at that story of Zacchaeus again. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. I think what they would have called him in that time was scum. The reason is because tax collectors did two things. Number one, they collaborated with the Romans. And everybody says, you're a collaborator. During the Second World War, people who collaborated, particularly in France with the Nazis, were considered scum of that similar ilk. Secondly, not only did he collaborate with the Romans, he cheated the people. He would say, the government says you owe me £10, but would charge them 12 and he would pocket the £2 themselves. And because they were protected by the Romans, it was an unfair system. So these people made loads of money, but were ostracised by the community. Zacchaeus had no friends. He was an outsider. He was a collaborator with the hated Romans. And he was scum. He didn't fit in. He was fleecing his community and ostracised. However, he, like everybody else, wanted to meet with Jesus. Here's the first lesson. Would you like to meet with Jesus? If the answer's no, then this message isn't going to help you. But if you, something in your heart, something long inside of you, wants to connect with Jesus, maybe beyond your rationale, but something in your core, something in the depth of your being, wants to connect with Jesus, then this message was for you. So even if you are scum, even if you are scum, and I can't see any scum in this room, but even if you are the lowest of the low, even if you feel you're the least likely person to be accepted by Jesus in this room, if, even if you've put yourself in the pecking order of Mother Teresa and down here somewhere, if you want to meet with Jesus, 
then we've got some hope for you. You might have walked with Jesus many years ago and you feel like you've fallen down. And you think, I just can't get back up again. But if you want to meet with Jesus, then this message is for you. Because that's the secret. If you want it, these are the steps forward. Luke chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. He didn't look up and say, hey you, what's your job? Hey you, are you clean? Hey you, have you been on mission recently? Hey you, are you attending your local synagogue? Hey you, he didn't come up with a criteria. He just looked up and he saw a longing in the, young, in the man's eyes. He saw someone who wanted to be accepted. He saw someone who was crying out without saying anything, but crying out from his heart, I want to be part of you, but I don't feel I can be because my life sucks. Jesus doesn't just hear what you say. He hears what you'd love to say. He hears what comes from deep within. He hears what you're trying to communicate, but you can't say. Wow. And he sees through all the rubbish. And he sees past all these barriers we put around ourselves to make us look that we're a little bit better than who we actually are. And we're a little bit further up the pecking order than everybody thinks we actually are. And maybe if I wear this and I do this and I walk like this and support West Ham United. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> I do all these things. To make me look better than I actually am. And he sees through all of that. And he says, Before I ask you any of those questions that you think are important, I want to come to your house for tea. Acceptance first. Unbelievable. How did everybody respond around them? Verse 7. All the people saw this and began to mutter. Mutter, mutter, mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. You wouldn't believe what Jesus has gone and done. No way. He went and had tea with a tax collector. No way. Like, this would have been across every hairdresser in Jerusalem. <laughs> Snip, snip, snip. Are you going on your holidays? I need to tell you something before we go on holidays. What's that? Jesus went and had dinner with a tax collector. No way. It's like wildfire. Like, who is this? What's going on here? Like, the judgment of people around us. You see, what happens is we like keeping people in their place. We like keeping people there. Like, you stay there because as long as you stay there, I feel a little bit better about myself. Yeah. Hello? 
as long as you are staying there, my position seems safe. But it's not safe. Never has been. Because all, all, even my wife, even me, even my father. Dun, dun, dun. I was going to say even my mother, but I can't say that. (laughs) There's too many people around to report back. You understand what I'm saying? And Jesus went to the lowest to show in their standards, if this one's acceptable, then we're all acceptable. This is a wonderful story. If you can accept two things. One, that you are a bit of an idiot. And two, that you are loved and accepted. Then you have a story, a potential story of restoration. Because it allows you to be accepted first. Accepted. Even though everybody else goes, I love the stories that we have in our church, in one church, stories of people who've done terrible things. People who've messed up their lives incredibly. And in the pecking order of our community, we would look at them and go, they're bad people. They deserve to go to prison. I've never been to prison, but they deserve to go to prison. If Jesus was walking past their house, he'd have gone to them first to show that if God accepts him, he accepts all of us. What was Zacchaeus' reaction? Verse 8. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Look, this is how it works. You cannot earn God's love. Can't do it. But when you realise you are loved, accepted and loved, something changes within you. You can't change to accept God's love, but upon receiving God's love, why would I want to live anywhere different? I want to live out of a place of being loved, not trying to be loved. Do you hear what I'm saying there? Say that again. I want to live out of a place of being loved, not trying to earn love. See, get that in your head. In our thinking, we try and earn stuff. Jesus said, no, no, you can't earn it, but I just love you anyway. And from that place of acceptance, from that place of relationship, from that place of receiving God's love, I don't want to throw that love away. Change comes from within me because I want to hang on to that. 
on to that. Many people want to meet Jesus today, but think they have to pass the Daz doorstep challenge. Are your whites whiter than white? But they're not. When my boy was in school, I remember going to pick him up, and I've got permission to tell this story. And I arrived early, so I was outside the school gates watching the playground, and his class came out into the playground to play. And the whole class were playing together except my son. He was walking around the playground on the line, on the perimeter, like this, on his own. I found myself going, go and play Jack, go and play with the kids, go and play with the kids. But he was on head down, just walking around. And as he walked past his friends, his friends pushed him and he fell over. They weren't his friends. I'll tell you what, I wanted to climb over that fence and smack those five-year-olds. <laughs> I'd have had them all, I, I reckon. I reckon I've had all of them. I reckon they could have all come at me and I'd have smacked them all. I'd have won that one. Like, <laughs> it's just amazing. I just went... <laughs> How dare you touch my son like this? It transpires that, although we didn't understand at the time, Jack had a wiring that didn't quite fit with the ground, with the rest of the group. He's just wired differently. He's on a spectrum. And we found that from the doctors and the doctors said, you, Jack, you've got something called PDD, Pervasive Development Disorder. And we helped our son figure out where he fitted in the whole picture. A few years later, mum, Ali and Jack are sitting in the car and they're listening to a CD, like a podcast. And in this podcast, they're talking about ADHD. And the person's saying, it shouldn't be called ADHD, it should be called ADHA. It's not a deficiency, it's an asset. And Jack, now 11 years old, is listening to this podcast. He says, Mum, what have I got? Mum says, you have PDD. She says, what does that stand for? Pervasive Development Disorder. She says, no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes. I, well, what have you got? She says, I've got PDG. Mum says, what's PDG? Pervasive Development Gift. And in that moment, 11 years old, he realised... He doesn't have to conform to everybody else. He's just been made the way he is. He doesn't have to see himself as a deficiency. He's a gift. See, that moment you realise when Jesus accepts you for who you are, like the change comes from inside you, not trying to conform anymore. You're changing from the inside out into his likeness. You're not trying to make God fit around you. You are realizing his likeness is in you and you are transforming into his likeness. You are changing into him. You're not trying to fit God into your schedule every once a week or so on a Sunday. He is shining out of you. You are designed for his purpose. You're designed for his glory. So knowing you're accepted 
brings about the change from the inside in in the same way Jack understood this. Let me finish. The prodigal son returns home with a change agenda in mind. He says, I'm not worthy to be called your son, but make me a servant. And the father said, oh, shut up. You are my son. Stop talking like a servant. Stop talking like you have to try and impress me. I just love you, full stop. He says, yeah, but look, uh, but, and before he was washed, before he was showered, before he'd used his links, the father put a cloak around him and covered up his dirt. Said, you are accepted. I, the father put a ring on his finger said I give you back authority sonship authority so I put sandals on your feet to show you're not a slave but you're a son slaves were barefoot sons wore sandals accepted the thief on the cross turned to Jesus and said what do I do I'm dying Jesus looked at him and said, you need to do Alpha course. Then you need to go on grassroots and then you have to go through a discipleship program and, and you have to learn at least 50 verses of the Bible and then you will be a good... Oh, you haven't got time. Right, okay then. How long you got? You have minutes. Minutes. Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Accepted. Accepted first. Acceptance precedes change. When you know you're accepted, something changes inside of you. Something on the inside changes because you realise you're made for purpose and you're, you are there to reflect the beauty of Christ in your life the inside out we just prayed please did you get what I was trying to say does this cut across your religion this cut across the way you think if I could make myself a bit better maybe Jesus would love me a bit more there's nothing you can do God says that will make me love you more and there's nothing you can do that will make me love you less acceptance okay swallow a bit of pride but here's the first thing is there a longing in your heart to get close to Jesus? Is there something deep in your heart? Then just pray this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I realise my best efforts are always going to fall short. I realise that I've tried and I've failed and I've tried and I've failed but there's a longing in my heart 
to know you. There's a longing in my heart to grow towards you. There's a longing in my heart to be accepted by you. So now, I come to you knowing I'm accepted just as I am. And I come to you humbly and ask you to forgive me. I ask you to change me from the inside out because I want to reflect you. Amen. Let's just show our appreciation for Simon. What a great word.